Hello everyone, this is Trey Borden, and welcome to this episode of What We Gonna Do. I just want people to have the full effect before this week is over of this shirt. Um, it is Lizzo, our girl, who is no stranger to shaking that ass and not apologizing. I don't know who was at the Clippers game. Or that Staples game, or excuse me, Staples game, Lakers game. Will we ever have a Lakers game again? Anyway, I don't know. But I wore this shirt all week to kind of celebrate the types of performances, types of performers who use their platforms responsibly to create a world that, like, we need to see this change up in. Um, And I thought that there would be no one better than Lizzo. Um, Like I said, my friend Martin, who's an artist, he made this shirt for me custom. Lizzo, I hope you're watching this at some point, and I hope that you understand that, like, I stand, um, truly. You can find me at at Trey Borden, (laughs) anywhere you want. Um, but anyways, I think it's especially apropos for this next guest who is Queen Amore. She is a trans performance artist and activist, and she, uh, one of her primary performance strategies and kind of like actions is twerking, twerking and twerking and twerking and twerking and making sure that you know who she is, what she's about, that you're not going to ignore this trans body. She performs at Prides. She performs on cop cars. She Pied Pipers people through, you know, all types of different events, kind of making sure that people are being seen. She is absolutely fearless. She is absolutely magnetic. Um, When she speaks, you listen because she only says true ass shit. You may not want to hear it. And if you don't want to hear it, then it probably pertains to you, you know, and then when you kind of like are met with something so at times subversive, uh, something that goes against what our society says is acceptable or um, polite or permissible or attractive or safe. Um, you really have to be bold. You know, I mean, you really have to be open minded. But in order to be that person bringing you that message in that in that kind of presentation, um, you have to be absolutely courageous and and know who you are. You know, you really have to know who you are and say, this is me. See me, accept me, and if you don't, it don't matter because I'm shaking my ass right next to you anyway. So I was so glad that Queen agreed to join us, um, and here's our conversation. Howdy! Hey, hey, look at that! I love your backdrop, by the way. That's always thank the, you. I uh, I had to move my um, my studio from LA. Well, I didn't have to. I got the opportunity to go to Palm Springs. My friends like, do you want some sun? I was like. Yes, I would. But then I had to like find a brand new backdrop and I was like, well, we're talking, I know we're talking about America at some point today. So here we go. Um, Well, great. Well, thank you so much, Queen, for talking with me again. It's always good to see you. Um, I can't imagine what's going down where you are. Um, And, you know, coming on to what we go and do this week, we're talking about kind of the power of performance and kind of how people who are using their voices and their platforms and their bodies and putting them in places and in front of people who need to hear and think about their message. And so I can't think of anyone whose message needs to be heard more loudly and clearly and more often than yours. So, um, Briefly, why don't you just kind of tell everyone who's watching, like, who you are, kind of what your practice usually is, and maybe how you developed kind of your uh, 
your practice of going around and showing people what they need to be shown by shaking that ass and doing sermons and letting them know about themselves in America, kind of like, who is queen? So uh, um, a long time ago, uh, back when, uh, when I first got involved in activism, um, I was in Orlando, I was in school, and uh, I was sitting up behind my computer watching people, you know, protesters getting maced for holding space. This is nothing that I cared about before these, uh, you know, before these moments uh, when, uh, you know, and having an emotional response uh, to seeing uh, people like me being assaulted and abused uh, and uh, not having their rights recognized. So this was like during the whole Occupy movement, which uh, turns out Occupy had some, uh, you know, major issues. <laughs> but uh, um, uh, it Occupy did get me started. Um, uh, I bought a van. I was like, you know what? I need to get involved. I don't know what's going on or what I can do, but I can do something. And that music started speaking to me in a in a very um, in a very spiritual way, where I was beginning to identify pieces of me through music. And uh, a lot of, uh, I'll tell you that I call this, um, uh, these moments uh, in the beginning of Queen Amor, where, um, uh, you know, as the beginning of my transition, where mm. my, you know, the beginning of this journey to understand gender, to uh, embrace my own identity, to, uh, you know, under find out what it is that I believe and who I am and where I belong and what my purpose in life is. Because also, the, you know, all of the music that I'm listening to says uh, that, you know, you need to uh, go out and enjoy the one life that you got. And you need to, you know, there's a, you know, there's messages in the music that can't really be um, understood with um, typical language. And, uh, you know, so I come to, came to believe that music was a form of communication. Mm -hmm. And uh, I never wanted to be a, dance, a dancer. I never imagined being a performance artist. But um, I found that, that it was the only way to communicate this, uh, this message, this uh, human, our humanity. How do you express your humanity? How do you, how do you explain it? How do you explain love? If you, uh, you know, seeing, uh, you know, Occupy and seeing the way that protesters are being, uh, you know, uh, abused and not having the rights, uh, you know, recognized by the state, how do you use, uh, how, how do you bridge that gap? How do you tell everybody, hey, um, maybe we should come together and unify and uh, we should enjoy this uh, little moment that we got here. And, uh, you know, and there's a fucking song for everything. Let me tell you, there is a song for everything. They're even making music about coronavirus. Let me tell you. <laughs> that Cardi B, that was like, welcome to my first week of quarantine. Coronavirus. I'm looking at every single person in they hate me. My friends are like, if you send us one more remix of Cardi, I'm like, but this is literally getting me through this shit. <laughs> but, you know, and, uh, you know, for the longest time I was homeless doing this and I was just traveling from city to city, uh, you know, not really knowing what it is that I'm doing, just knowing that I need to be a part of um, this movement, that I need to uh, go, I need to do something. And I don't think it's really come to um, a point of full fruition the way that I see it in my mind. You know, but I have been able, I have learned through the years to how to take the music, dance so freely, and then get all the people around me to dance with me. And then I pretend like I'm leaving and they all follow me in the street. It's mm -hmm. like little, like a Pied Piper. I like figured out like the, the puzzle of the Pied, the, what is it, the Pied Piper? 
Yeah, the Pied Piper, I feel like, you know, with all the kids, yeah, no, you know, I ain't doing that. I mean, that, that is it. That is our queer, I mean, oh, one thing we queer exodus. One thing that we're, I mean, one thing that we may do for this, which we haven't done for any other interviews, is that we might splice in a video of your performance. Um, but for those who haven't seen it, you know, obviously, like, kind of give it, you know, the full persona of Queen of Moore, which if you see it, if you see that shit in person, it is going to change you. It is something that is impossible to ignore. It does center kind of a POC trans body in the middle of a group of people who would a lot of times would do all they could to kind of not give that person space or acknowledgement. And so kind of just paint the picture of what a performance of yours is like and usually the context it's in. Yeah. And it, you know, it's, um, uh, you have to acknowledge my existence and, uh, you know, whether, and I'm fucking loud about it too. I am blasting music on the fucking street corner. And uh, honestly, people in America have forgotten uh, the value of their lives. People have, uh, you know, I feel like society has uh, started uh, um, putting the value uh, of our humanity in dollars and cents. And that makes no sense at all. Because at the end of the day, you can't take that shit with you. And the only thing uh, that you're going to have when you die is your experience. And do you really want to waste the only 60, 70, 80 years that you're going to have if you make it that long? Mm. Working some nine to five job, doing some shit that you fucking hate? Really? You know, I, uh, I don't know. I've been poor my entire life. Uh, and I, let me tell you, know, I recognize the struggle of what I do because I'm putting myself uh, in a very marginalized uh, and vulnerable way where people don't understand what I'm doing, so they, but they have to rationalize it. They have to make sense of it. They don't know what's going on. Women react with more loving uh, acceptance and tolerance than men do. Men don't dance with me. Share with me, share with me kind of like, what are you, I mean, like the, the bare bones, like what are you wearing? What type of music, you know, what does Queen of Moore look like? I mean, I want to give people a sense who haven't seen it, how, this appears to the person that watches your performances or, or stumbles in many ways across your performances if they're not expecting it. Yeah, because I don't promote it. Um, right, well, that's the whole thing. <laughs> so if you catch me, uh, I'm probably wearing a thong. I'm probably carrying a crucifix uh, and wearing a pair of devil horns. Um, uh, I've, uh, you know, most of my attire is, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, stereotypical uh, gay leather you know the leather circuit shit you know like i so i'll wear like a, you know really very revealing but i'm wearing clothes you know you sure just see my you're not skin. breaking any laws yeah you know, i'm really not you know although uh they really try it though for public lewdness like i've been arrested here in new orleans uh, for twerking and they, wow they and this it, is um, no i mean you know, you're hardly the only person twerking in new orleans <laughs> Wow. I mean, to get, I mean, they're, they're really, you're really doing something special to get arrested for twerking in New Orleans. Yeah. Well, it's a, but also like a, doing what I do, I recognize that I'm going to be faced with homophobia. I'm going to be faced with violence. I'm going to be faced uh, with things that, that, you know, I might get shot. I've been shot at. I've had someone pull a fucking gun out on me and tell me that if I, they saw me, uh, shaking my ass near their fucking kid down the sidewalk or some shit that they were going to shoot me and uh, like holding a fucking gun in his pants. And I'm like, well, bitch, you need to watch your mouth. Like in my mind, I'm like, you need to watch your mouth right now. And you just need to get away because this motherfucker will shoot you and he will feel justified in shooting mm -hmm. you. And knowing uh, 
the reality of who you are, he'll probably end up getting away with it. Right. I mean, you're like, they're not exactly out here holding people to account who murder uh, people of color, trans people, anyone. Um, and so kind of, so in this era where typically your performance is like when we met and when we, you know, we were on the panel during World Pride in New York last June, um, pride celebrations are a very typical place that you might go to kind of like either be a part of the celebration, but also call out hypocrisy and kind of erasure that's a part of those pride celebrations. Tell me a little bit more about that. So pride, and I have, I have uh, created space for myself at prides uh, across the United States. And uh, I feel as if uh, um, being at pride, uh, we have to reclaim space. We have to force uh, the gay community to see us. Because in my experience, I have found that gay men are also probably one of my uh, top three oppressors. Mm. hands down and uh i you know yeah i get it we need uh, you know i i get it i get it i identified as gay for 24 years and i still do i'm gonna be fucking gay till the day i die you know but also uh, i don't have that privilege and entitlement of you know that comes with oh you know what we're going to spend hundreds and thousands of dollars on a fucking float and uh you know we're not gonna you know say Marsha P. Johnson's, we have, you know, they don't know their history. They don't know uh, that when you uh, go to pride, you're celebrating our collective uh, individuality. You're celebrating uh, the struggle that we have faced uh, since before Stonewall. And what they don't realize is that when you, uh, you know, go out and you look at pride like a big old fucking party, which is all fine and dandy, go ahead, party. But you're forgetting that your rights can be taken away like that tomorrow. You know? Right, and so we're seeing you, that happen. You know, and uh, they need to see people in the community fighting and uh, protesting and standing up and living their best lives and, uh, you know, being free because at the end of the day, this is who we are, you know? And uh, there's a narrative uh, within a uh, gay society within gay culture that you know you need to be masculine or you need to up you know be straight acting and you need to assimilate so that you or can be white you, know, you need to be white i do not have i can't do that i right. that's not within my ability to do so so what what options do i have you know if i'm assimilation can't you know it's just impossible for me i cannot i cannot i will not no <laughs> you should not no, hell no, you know, but also like, it is also scary for a, a lot of people within, you know, a lot of trans women and for a lot of queer, um, uh, you know, a queer identifying people where going into a public space and being so visible is intimidating. It's terrifying, you know, and I, I've seen that a lot of trans women, they don't show up. Mm-hmm. They don't show up. They don't show up because they're too busy trying to survive in this fucking society. But I make it a point to show up, even if uh, I'm gonna get, you know, even if uh, I'm gonna be called all sorts of names and, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, uh, disingenuine or, you know, what, what's the fucking word I'm looking for? Um, uh, you know, if I'm uh, outcasted uh, by uh, fucking gay men, you know, and uh, shamed and, uh, you know, guilted. And uh, they look at me like, oh, we don't want to see this. What are you doing? Oh, my goodness. Ah, 
Well, but- I think a lot of people who are used to being oppressed or have had, you know, or maybe still continue. It's hard for people who aren't free to see free people. You know, yeah. it's hard for people who have to kind of go into, I'll tell you as a gay man, like this, I mean, me not personally, but lots of gay men go into spaces and they're so concerned about what are people thinking about me here? Or like, what do they, what do they think about what I'm wearing or who I'm with or what my hair looks like? I mean, like I'm worried about what my hair looks like 24 seven, but I don't let it stop me from going into no place I, I want to go. I cover it up with some fucking rags. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> But you know what I mean? And so I think that when that's the vibe and you have all been, we've all been to parties or situations where you go in there and like you feel judged instantly and you're like, this is not a safe space. This is not an affirming space. This is not a space that's meant to make anyone here feel great. It's meant to kind of like put us in a hierarchy. And so when someone walks into that same space with a thong and a crucifix, living their life, shaking their ass, calling out people for what the fuck they're you know, saying they're about, but not living like they're about that. And I think that that is something that is really difficult for people to reckon with. And so I, that's why it's so valuable to, and it's so refreshing. It's like, that's some shit I can get down with up in this like boring party is someone doing that. And so what are some reactions that you feel like have been, you know, because many of the people that you're performing for don't expect it. You know, which I think is very different. Like all of us have been to a club and expected some kind of, you know, drag or kind of trans based or whatever performances that we're like there to see. That's a different environment than like being in a place where it just pops up. And uh, kind of what have been some of the more important interactions throughout your practice? So uh, I'll tell you that it's been um, uh, it's really been 50 50 where on one hand uh, people respond with a great, uh, you know, some people respond with a great brilliance where they're so inspired and so touched and so moved and so uh, um, uh, honored to even mm. share space, you know, and it, and those people will stop and they'll dance with me and we'll share a moment and they'll never forget it. It is something that, you know, even uh, just today, someone messaged me, um, uh, sent me a text message who is writing a poem you know, about something I did two years ago in New York. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, this is, it's something that people don't forget. It's ingrained. And uh, it depends on the mentality that, you know, whoever's looking at it. You know, if uh, you, uh, you know, some people will see me and see, uh, you know, God. Some people will see me and look at me like I'm the fucking devil. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, some people will see me as I'm evil and vile and disgusting. And then they treat me the way that they see me. But, I cannot and I will not shift my practice to comfort the ignorant. Mm-hmm. And I recognize that when Sick. I'm, uh, you know, faced with someone else's ignorance, which has nothing to do with me, you know, but also I, uh, you know, will carry that for that moment, you know, and, uh, you know, tr- do the best that I can to not, you know, you know, to not be violent, to not, you know, get nasty back, you know, cause that doesn't make anything better. That just makes it worse. You know, these people, you know, the people who treat me, uh, you know, who justify punching me in the face, I've been punched in the face, I've been shot at. I've been like, I mean, I'm telling you, this has not been i uh, I'm not out here. Doing and, and are these incidences shit. at prides or at other locations or both? Um, uh, really it's a, uh, at Pride, last DC, um, uh, was it last DC Pride or maybe it was a couple DC Prides ago, where uh, 
I got all of these black women to follow me uh, in the street and then we crashed the parade. And uh, when we got in front of one of these floats, this white gay man came up to me and told me, you're ruining everything! And took my speaker and like tried to call the cops or whatever. So I had to fight him for my fucking speaker. Like, cause it's like, ooh, let me tell you, I hate when people touch my fucking speaker. I can't say, I spit on him. <laughs> <laughs> was like like, uh, how fucking dare you i'm saying i i have a, i have like 50 black women that i'm twerking with right now and you're coming out here from the fucking woodwork telling me that we're i'm ruining everything because for I mean, that for sounds what? like the best thing at pride <laughs> like it yeah no it's a it's a it's really amazing but really what we're talking about you know when uh when i go to a pride gay men a lot of white gay men will look at me like i'm fucking nuts like uh when uh you know I'm, I have not dated in uh, 10 years. Want to know why? Because of who I am. Mm. And I, I, I haven't figured that one out yet. If I'm, uh, you know, I think I'm okay with it. I think I'm okay with it because people don't want to, uh, you know, get to know me because they think, I, you know, have some preconceived idea, you know, about what I do. I, there's a lot of shit that goes into this. And I was not, I'm telling you, I was not prepared. <laughs> when I decided to do this. <laughs> well, I mean, none of us were, and a lot of us aren't prepared now. And I think that that's something that's interesting I want to get into now is that, you know, you were, I know, gearing up for Pride season, which is a season that would typically kind of like give you your biggest stage and kind of where you feel most comfortable. Uh, and those are all canceled. And it's also dangerous to be outside. Yeah. Um, but what's emerged is a world that like needs people to snatch space back more so than ever. And the, now the only people going out there demanding it are people who are, I would say, how do I put this in a way that's like defensible, but it's like crazy whites, you know, who are just out here just saying like, I need my haircut. I need to not be oppressed. This is real slavery. This is our Rosa Parks moment. It makes me want to die when I hear these people out here kind of acting oppressed when that is the only reason they feel that way is because they actually have never experienced that. that so like, how are you responding to this? So uh, I'm taking it with a grain of salt because I know that what we do right now is going to live forever in history and in cyberspace. I don't see the internet going away anytime soon. And uh, I'm, uh, I'm uh, really think like people don't understand that the things we say and do define who we are. And, uh, you know, there are certain communities of people and there are certain, you know, certain sects who fine, you know what, you want to go out and you want to believe uh, that, uh, you know, we're all going to hell and uh, that we should be going back to work and that we should be obedient or whatever the fuck it is. Fine. You know, you can go ahead and believe that and you fight like hell for your right to do that. But my ass, my ass is staying home. My ass ain't fucking risking it. Want to know why? Because I have a long life ahead of me and I'm not going out by Corona. Yeah, I'm you, it's going to take a hell of a lot it. more than coronavirus to take me down. Let me tell you. I don't, you know, I, it's a, but also there's nothing you can, there's nothing we can do about it. Mm -hmm. There's a, there's nothing. Uh, and a lot of uh, the work that I do is uh, like the, this juxtaposition of uh, I'm it's here. worth also mentioning that you're trained to be a nurse. Yeah. 
Which so you I, actually, you understand the medical aspect as well. You're not, you know, ignorant. It's ridiculous. Anyway. And even, you know, you don't have to wear a mask all fucking day because you're really just breathing in your own CO2, which, uh, you know, like people, you know, I was on an ambulance call um, uh, to uh, like a couple of weeks ago, but I decided I'm not going to do like, I'm not, not doing it. Uh, I, I'm going to wait to be an EMT. I took one fucking ambulance ride two weeks ago. Let me tell you something. I'm not doing it during coronavirus. It's crazy. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I don't blame you. Honestly. No, like um, it's a, but also like, I, I, I believe that everyone has a right to uh, take up space in the safe, you know, in a safe way and uh, express their viewpoints. Now you shouldn't believe that everyone uh, should agree with uh, what you're saying and doing, I have learned that not everyone is going to love what I do. In fact, there are people who are going to hate it, you know, but also I have a right to do it. I have a right to take up the space. I have a right to be here. I have a right to express who I am. I should be able to play this music on this fucking sidewalk and uh, not be punched in the face and not get arrested. Like I should have the freedom to do this in America. But our idea we should have the freedom you know, to jog too you know we should have the freedom to do whatever should, but we don't you see and uh, it's um uh, we have uh, believed in this uh, disillusionment of freedom that freedom is uh, you is not free you must pay to be free like uh, your for your freedom you must pay in some way some like uh, it's not free it don't come easy you have to fight for it you have to uh, you know you've got to do some shit to be free. And for me, freedom has been a lonely road, but I, I choose my freedom despite what anybody else may say about it. Despite the cost, you know, know, cost to your safety costs to, you know, sometimes cost costs like new speaker costs or whatever ends up being. Yeah. You know how many fucking, (laughs) I have sucked dick for a new speaker so many fucking times. I can't believe I, 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 let me tell (laughs) you. I mean, you got to do what you got to do. I'm, I'm not here to tell you what. Yeah, you know, it's a, this is, a, you know, this is the co- like, this is my cost for, you know, fighting for what I believe in. And, uh, you know, if those white Christian, Republican, whatever the fuck it is that they're doing, you know, and uh, they're, uh, you know, coronavirus hoax or whatever, I, they have uh, the right and the space to, uh, you know, to believe and, uh, you know, practice whatever the fuck that they can what would you anticipate and would you be willing you know because like right now we're not going to have prides and we're hurtling towards a re-election a girl an election i mean please god not a re-election but at least an election of someone who i think is emboldened these people and you know they are going to be taking up more and more space especially if they're the only ones out there like what would it be like to go to an event like that and shake your ass, you know, as opposed to- I might to- get shot by some asshole with an AR-15. Mm. I, you know, I, I might end up in jail. I, if I showed up to a rally like that, can't, I mean, we're talking about two completely different worlds colliding. Yeah. Because everything I am is everything they fight against. Who I am as a person, fundamentally, spiritually, as, as a person, is everything they think is wrong with our country. And I see that. 
but I'm not going to change who I am to fit their stupidity. That's ridiculous. That's that. No, that's not even an option. They're just going to have to get used to the fact that you can't just, you know, I don't, I don't know. I get, you know, but they can, they can walk on fucking Capitol Hill with a fucking AR 15 and get away with it. Not without you there too, shaking your ass with the fucking crucifix. Bitch, if that's America. I, I want to do it so bad. I want to do it so bad. I, I'm so, I have, uh, I'm so serious. I want to find out uh, when they're going, when they're scheduling these protests so that I control their asses, you know, with a big old sign, right to bear ass with my little crucifix. <laughs> but this is, this is where, this is performance art. This it is, is uh, you know, this is where you take, you know, here's you have this situation where these people believe what they're doing is right and, uh, you know, believe they're justified. And then here comes along uh, someone else who uh, is just very loud, not um, uh, actually the exact opposite. Do I deserve to die? Well, do, it's like, if you, if, you know, on. and uh, like, do I, uh, do I deserve, uh, you know, to be beat up and assaulted? And uh, if uh, for, by chance, if I was to show up to one of their shit shows and I was assaulted and violated or whatever the fuck, they would find it. In, and this is, uh, this is, the crack in our cosmic egg is that we justify the things that we do and we know is wrong. So if I was to go to one of these places and I got shot in the head, there will be people who said, well, well, that's what you get for acting like an idiot, man. Or, you know, this is, or that, you know, she had it coming or like, what was she thinking? Or like somehow it would be my fault for, mm -hmm. you know, but not the people who shot me, you know? Well, that Those type people of people were, you know, like it's a, but now we're talking about a very fundamental crack in our system, a broken system. Now we're talking about we need to reform the way, like, and we need to shift our entire culture. Like, our entire culture needs to change. Our what entire. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I, well, no, I mean, I completely agree. And I think that like that, I think one thing that we're going through now, especially now that we're all at home looking outside, you know, like all the performances have halted all of our kind of access to audiences have, uh, I mean, we're our own audience and like, we're also all performers in some way. And I think that how do we, how do you see what's going on in this country? And not feel as if like the problems and hypocrisies that you were pointing out before are even more blatant and are even more in need of your presence. And then you're faced with the fact that like to make your presence available is to risk your life in even more ways than usual. And it's a, people don't, people don't reckon, people of privilege don't recognize that. They don't, they don't see it that way. You know, they, uh, they see it as, um, uh, you know, they don't, you, they don't see the performance and the art behind it because they're too busy judging it and they're too busy, uh, you know, I've been out here fighting GMOs and police brutality and this shit since before Black Lives Matter came out. Since before, you know, all of, you know, and, uh, you know, every time these, uh, you know, these movements, which are so imperative to happen, you know, conversations that need to happen, it really does take a, uh, a collective shift, uh, like a, a movement, like Black Lives Matter, to bring it into consciousness.
because even if I, you know, had made a post about it on Facebook or did some uh, performance art in the street, you know, about, you know, a man that was murdered unarmed, no one is listening. No one's paying attention, you know, and for the, you know, people don't care and people don't care until, uh, you know, shit hits the fan. And now you're, you know, we're changing uh, the language of our culture and incorporating things, uh, you know, hashtags like Black Lives Matter, Trans Lives Matter. And we're, you know, in a slow way, redesigning the conversation and the structure of our system, you know, just on a conscious level by, you know, incorporating different, you know, like Bernie Sanders had his movement and he just, uh, you know, but he took Occupy. Occupy and his the occupies ninety nine percent and the one percent is what created a you know what is what kind of built a platform for Bernie Sanders to be successful as a democratic socialist. So we're all building on uh, you know ideas, and uh, you know we're all you know trying to uh, we all need to create we all know that the system needs to change and the only way to do it is to put out ideas and some ideas are going to stick. And some ideas are going to, you know, and some are not. What is it that, that thing that fucking Jesus said? Some seeds uh, that you sow are going to land on rocks and some are going to land on fertile soil. You just got to spit the seeds out. You just got to <laughs> toss them all over the fucking place. And it doesn't matter how it comes out. And it doesn't matter how, you know, uh, what people think of it. And it doesn't matter what people think of you either, you know. Well, Jesus is not someone who is invited to Davos. You know, Jesus was up in here, probably you, you know, in people's faces who weren't trying to hear it saying crazy sounding shit and they punished him. I mean, if you're going to talk about him for it, they killed him ultimately. They killed him for it. And then for the next 2000 years, white people used that moment to justify all of their bullshit. Like every great act of evil that has occurred on this planet has been justified through God. People have been using God as a weapon. People have been using uh, Jesus as a, uh, you know, as a crutch, as a, as a way of uh, avoiding responsibility because he died for my sins. Uh, well, what happens uh, when a bitch that looks like the devil walks the earth? <laughs> you know, what happens uh, when this shit gets real? <laughs> and, uh, oh, well, you know what? The devil is just, you know, can just do whatever the fuck she wants because Jesus died from my sins, right? Yeah, I mean, like, Jesus I mean, got uh, you. It's right? a, you know, really, I, I want to, uh, um, uh, you know, a lot of what work that I'm doing now and uh, things that I'm, uh, you know, trying to produce now, I want to recreate a new, like, I want to create a new image of God. I want to create an image of God that people can see themselves in. But also what the trick here is getting people to believe in it. You know, I can run around under the guise of Mary Magdalene, you know, you know, I have, you know, my Mary Magdalene, Mary Magdalene. And I have all of the music I need to make this bitch so fucking real. It might almost be undeniable. I don't know, you know, but <laughs> can you, I mean, uh, this is the way my mind works. Can you imagine? Trey, can, can you, can you just I imagine can. that, <laughs> I, I mean, uh, and this is where my, like, 
pride for 2020 where I was going to take all everything that I have done and uh, consolidate it in a, you know, an epic uh, fucking, uh, you know, I need, I want to reset, like simulate an exodus or like a movement of people. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and what I've learned and what I've been learning how to do and pride is really the only space that I've been able to accomplish this in. There is an energy at pride and there is um, a force and uh, where pride is our moment to live and show our asses. It is the moment, it Literally, is the time and- where we get to show the world who we are. And it is imperative that we stand together when we're in pride. So what I have figured out how to do is that everyone responds to music. Nobody, everybody loves music. So I go and I play my music. And last year, I got all of these women to climb on top of a cop car, twerking on a cop car. We uh, literally took all of DuPont Circle and uh, marched our, they followed me in the street around DuPont Circle. And then we came up to a gate and this girl said, there's a gate, we can't go anywhere, it's a dead end. I'm like, honey, we're going through this gate and we're going into the parade. You wanna be in the parade? Y'all wanna be in the parade? Yeah, we wanna be in the parade! (laughs) So next thing you know, I have uh, a uh, fucking, uh, you know, little small exodus uh, of twerking queer brown and black bodies moving through this fucking parade. And it was just so big that it became our own, like we took space in this fucking parade. And uh, you know, it didn't matter whether the people, if the float behind us uh, thought we were crazy, it didn't matter whether security did, you know, like, no, didn't matter. Wanna know why? Because we have the strength in numbers. What if I was by myself? Yeah, it probably would have, you know, security might've been like, oh my God, get her out of here. But no, (laughs) there's, you know, over 200 fucking people following this bitch in the fucking street, you know, crashing this parade. And there's nothing you can do about it. Because and also this is actually, and what's <clears throat> not only is there nothing they can do about it, probably like it actually, I think a lot of people in that situation also recognize that like, this is what it's really about. This is not about a Coca-Cola capital one Walmart flow, you know, it's to the extent us. that, it's about us. It's about, but it's not even about <clears throat> the mainstream us. It's like, this is actually what it's about is the people that we think we're better than in our community. The people who like, if you go all the way back to Stonewall or pre-Stonewall or whatever, it wasn't a well-adjusted closeted white male cis lawyer who was the one fighting for our freedom. It was the people who are willing to put their bodies on the line and their lives on the line like you do like that's what got us here. That's what got us all these corporate sponsorships and gay marriage and, you know, click quickly eroding protections in this current state. So I think that a lot of people wouldn't even know like deep down, like when you see the truth like that, some people's reaction is to snuff it out as fast as they can. But most people in a pride situation are like, actually, that is what we came here for. And that is why people respond by that's why you got random people following you. Is because they're like, that's the only bitch here who knows what this shit is about. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but, and it's, and it's that, and it's in a, it's, a, it's no longer, um, uh, you know, 
there's no way that you can just stand on a soapbox and preach and, uh, you know, speak the gospel and do what Jesus did by using words and forming, uh, you know, parable, whatever the fuck. No, that's it's just too open to in- interpretation. You know, like a words are confusing where you can't. We have been trying to figure out love and life for since the beginning. And, uh, you know, writing it down and trying to figure out what it's all about. Really, at the end of the day, for me, at least, and I don't know what, you know, where anybody else stands on this, but it's about being here in the moment. It's about inspiring other people to uh, be whoever they think they are. You know, it's uh, creating uh, an environment where, you know what, Society may not think that twerking in the street and carrying a cross is, uh, you know, you know, orthodox or whatever. But actually, uh, there, you know, there's a there's a freedom here. There's a you know, there's a there's a, something that you can't deny, something that can't be spoken. There's something. There is a spirit. There's an energy. There is a life here, and it is demanding to live. You know, and well, people don't. You know, it's a people need to see that. You know, people need to see that because we don't see it. We don't see it. And we don't see it often enough. And uh, I'm sorry, but we can't, we, uh, music and movies and all, and Hollywood and all of that, you know, they've gotten close, but at the end of the day, it's not, it's not, it's not good enough. And it's not authentic enough. Um, just one brief moment. I'm not sure if you're, you're shaking whatever your laptop's on, but it's just, uh, it's, you're very passionate. So I just want to make sure that it doesn't fall off. Um, one of the things I was going to say is just specifically around the future of performance, because it is critical to have a mass of people, and usually that's in person. And now not only is there the idea that your safety is, you know, threatened because of who you are, but like everyone's safety is threatened because of this virus. Like, and the thing is, how do you, how can you adjust what you're doing to account for a time where just the sheer act of being around anybody is, you know, highly suspect. You know, safety has always been a privilege that I never had. And uh, I've always walked understanding uh, that I need to be on my P's and Q's when I'm out in the world because it's not safe. And the world is a dangerous place when you look like me doing what I do, you know, and that goes for any, you know, any of us really, the world is not a, a safe place. And, uh, you know, it's, we need to recognize that the world is not a safe place. And uh, coronavirus is going to pass. It was prophesized. I don't know where. Uh, did you see it? Did you see that meme? That, mm. you know, uh, there's. Oh, my God. I wish I could. I don't want to take time because then I might have to look for it. But, I mean, there was like uh, this. Uh, some uh, uh, sidekick had a professed that a respiratory illness was going to. Oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. I did see that. Yeah. yeah. Early on, I mean, people were like, this shit would mean. Okay. What we're seeing right now is uh, what are we going to do after coronavirus? Because we cannot go back. And if Trump gets reelected, we are going to move. We are going to permanently cement our unsafeness in this society. And uh, it takes all of us to fight this that assimilation is not the answer, that looking the other way, how dare you remain silent in a time like this when your voice matters the most, 
you know? And it may not matter the most, maybe that's a wrong, but your voice matters. And everyone, like, you, we, all, like we all have shit to say and we all have ideas about what is happening, but like, like there's, no, there's no denying the truth. We all know the truth. We all know the truth of this shit. We all know. So we, we at the end of, at the end of the what day. What would you say? What would you, what, how would you define the truth as you see it? I think that uh, the truth is that we are living in the consequence of colonization and that we uh, have forgotten our own, our own place in the world, that we have been so disenfranchised for so long that, you know, to uh, go out and fight for something is, um, is an act of rebellion. You know, doing what I do is a, me going out and dancing in the street and saying fuck all of this is uh, an act of rebellion it is an act of, it is an act that says i'm not going i'm not buying america's bullshit anymore and in fact even though i identify as an american and i was born in miami florida i mm -hmm. recognize that calling myself as an, an american means that, that i am carrying the weight of genocide slavery persecution, misogyny, burning women at the stake. We need to know the true history of our country. And that is hard to reconcile for a lot of people when uh, the truth is that our past has just been swept under the rug and nobody's acknowledged it. So it is continuously haunting us in, uh, you know, in today's world because it has never been rectified. And now we're paying for the sins of people who lived three, four hundred fucking years ago. Like, you know, I'm a, it's not, it doesn't just, but the, you away. know what the bill comes due, the bill, you know, karma and I think it might be fucking due. Karma's going to come cash her check. And uh, <laughs> stimulus check. <laughs> when uh, judgment day hits America, do you really want to be there for it? Do you really want to know? Or do you really want to have been silent? A, you, know? you know? Do you really want to be over there like defending it and then the judgment comes and you're like, well, I just didn't think it was my place. I didn't think it was okay. You know, I never thought it was okay to kill trans people so maliciously and without any accountability, but I didn't feel like it was my right to say something or I didn't know if it was okay to, you know, make sure that we are snatching land from Native Americans, the very little land they have left and putting oil lines through it. But like, well, why was it for me to say something or shooting Negroes in the streets who jog? Like, that's, I'm not a cop, whatever. It's like, we all have a part to play. And if you refuse to play it, then, you know, get what comes. You know, I, I feel like the silent are damned. And, uh, you know, the, the reason that every world leader in our in you know, on earth right now is a fucking raging lunatic and all of our world leaders are fucking imbeciles who don't give a fuck about the people that they govern and it's not just america it's a fucking global crisis it is a global issue bolsonaro he's a fucking cocksucker <laughs> i mean that's probably i i mean it's ever it's everywhere and this is why uh, we need to uh, find, we need to reclaim space and we need to be as loud and visible and in your fucking face as possible. 
you know, because at the end of the day, those who don't use their voices, the, you know, history is made for them. You know, if you sit in silence and you don't speak up, well, you're going to uh, live in a world designed by other fucking people. And these other fucking people don't give a fuck about you and yours. So uh, you need to speak up and you need to go do something. I don't care what you do. Do something. Go out on a corner and hold a fucking sign that says Black Lives Matter. Do that. You know, go out on a fucking street corner. Do something. Do something. There's no way like there's, you know, not just a post on social media. You know, I mean, something in real time. Go do something, you know, like say something, you know, it's a and the only way through this is through the unity of the people. And we have we have to come together. There's one solution, Trey, to all of the world's problems, or at least a good chunk of them. And that is the, uh, the unification of uh, the people. When the people come together and unite and, do man- and demand social justice and reformation, we gonna get it. <laughs> we gonna we gon get it. And we, and, we, and we need it. And I think that like, it's people like you who I am just so, it's interesting because I think that you're a mirror to me. Like I, I have gone through many scenarios where I felt like I was, the space was not designed for me, but I've done a pretty good job in most of the places in my life to like, I wouldn't say assimilate, but to like get what I kind of needed out of those places without feeling, you know, destroyed or, you know, disrespected terribly. And I can, and I can kind of go through a lot of those spaces without needing to kind of like challenge them to the root, like the way that you do. And so when I see people like you who are like having so much more to lose and putting it all on the line all the time, I think it's a challenge. Even people like me who say I'm woke, like I'm doing a, you know, YouTube series, I'm doing some, you know, flags with interesting phrases on them, honoring people. It's like, you really do have to push yourself to the edge of what you feel comfortable doing because that's when you're demanding change. You know, I could invite, I could come up with a way to kind of like urge people a little bit to get out of their comfort zone and show them people who I think are doing a little bit with all that they have. But I think it's more important for us to use this time to put ourselves in places that we don't feel are familiar to us and then demand in those spaces like this is what the fuck the right thing to do is and i'm willing to kind of put myself out there and challenge you to do that too so i really appreciate your the fervent and kind of like passionate and pulling no punches approach with how you put your message out there because i feel like there needs to be a million use you know there are a million me's and uh, people just don't give themselves the chance to, uh, you know, peel back uh, all of the social conditioning that we have been taught. You know how hard it was for me in the beginning to uh, do like, um, my ego was hanging by a fucking thread and uh, I have to, I, I had to come to terms with, uh, yo, actually the way that I was raised and the things that I've been taught are actually fucked up and uh, I need to dismantle a lot of conditioning. And that's a lot of work. And that's work that no one's going to pay me to do. That's work uh, that no one is going to acknowledge and give me a fucking reward for. (laughs) That's work that I do because it, you know, for me, 
you know, that's inside work. And a lot of the work that we need to do starts with us, you know, and it's, it, it's, it starts with me, you know, it starts with you. It starts, uh, you know, but, you know, and like I said before, we like the only, there's one solution to all of these problems. And that's us coming together. And uh, since the beginning, most of my work has been centered uh, around this idea that I might actually be able to pull off uh, uniting the people or at least making it look like I'm doing it. <laughs> no, no one else uh, on planet Earth is trying to unite the people on a regular basis. And that is uh, the one thing that needs to happen it is the one moment in time that it, we are all waiting for. It is this one global, beautiful happening is that the people finally coming together, humanity finally coming together. Well, this is a crisis that I think has provided, I mean, it's not being used that way, at least very often, but I'm like, how often do we have something happen in the world where every single person in the world is affected by it? Maybe not the exact same, but everyone, Miss Rona done hit every house. She hit everywhere. You know, so it's like, and there's like very, even in a war, you're still against someone, you know? Do you remember in the Bible, it said, you know, um, uh, what was it? That fucking Moses uh, went, you know, putting fucking lamb's blood. There was going to be a pestilence or something like that. And they put like fucking uh, like blood or something on the doors and the pestilence didn't, you know, get in. Skip their homes. Stay your ass home. And, uh, you know, you won't die. You won't catch Corona or whatever. Like, uh, you know, like Corona is not, she, she coming for all of us, uh, you know, like, uh, but it's also coronavirus is not enough. We yeah. need, uh, we need something else. We, um, <clears throat> we need something to permanently destroy the economy for good. <laughs> <laughs> you say, you hear that one? You hear that? Oh, you know, right. we, we need a, I, I would really like, you know, and this is a, <laughs> being able to go to like pride, San Diego pride and San Francisco pride and New York pride and DC pride and fucking Provincetown and all of that. And being able to uh, create a situation where now I have a bunch of random people following me in the street dancing. That for me is probably the most important thing that I could have learned to do. Mm. because it in essence creates a spontaneous moment of unity where like actually we can do this everybody believes that it's impossible everybody believes that, that we can't come together that we have too many differences but really when you just get a bunch of people together people are just people and uh, when you know people, and let me tell you, I know people. Mm. I know people so fucking well that I can play a song and have them hitting the floor with their asses uh, in uh, five seconds. <laughs> I know people. That's, I know that's how to like, take the ass. human spirit and convince and spark it in a crowd of people so that they too can feel the love of this moment. So that they too can be a part of it so that they can feel alive so that they can uh, you know realize that like bitch this is fucking it and corona let me tell you she did fuck me up for summer 2020 because the one thing that i have not been able to accomplish it's 
video. Like I've gotten little snippets of me being able to do this Pied Piper shit, little snippets, but nothing uh, that is going to convince America that I might be the Messiah. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, we'll have to wait till next year. <laughs> you have to wait till 2021. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, here's but that's, that's just it. Like, I really want uh, to uh, challenge one of the most oppressive uh, systems of belief in our society. I really want to challenge the fundamental beliefs of religion because most of uh, our um, uh, most of our problems in society stem from a uh, illness in our spirituality. Mm. It stems up from a disconnect from our own divine source that we have uh, believed in uh, gold covered horse shit and ate that shit up like it was a fucking buffet. And nobody questions uh, those. No, nobody questions it. Uh, I'm sorry, but you know what? It's easier for me to believe that Mother Mary was raped than she was touched by God. It's easier for me to believe uh, that, you know, that I, I, I'm going to challenge the very fabric of their faith. And uh, I want to, like, let, if I can pull off Mary Magdalene, if I can pull this, if I can pull this off, Trey, let me tell you, the world ain't ready. <laughs> they are going to flip a shit. <laughs> if this bit, I, I mean, if I can pull this off, if I can pull this off, let me tell you, Trey. <laughs> I mean, they're I, going to, they're going to want, they're going to want to stone me. I, I may not be safe that they, they might actually want to kill me. I, I mean, I think that like people listening to this might want to, let alone right, if yeah. you actually accomplish what you're talking about. I think that one of the things that's interesting is that, you know, so like you're, you, there's no prides, so you can't do what you plan to, but yet here we all are with desperate, desperate need to kind of adopt at least some facets of this philosophy, how can you use this time to kind of make other queens? You know, have you thought about, or like how would you deputize people? Because I mean, the way you're going to take over is not just you, because you can't no. be everywhere, but you having people everywhere that- The I mean, spirit the, of the me, older. queen of all the wise, uh, can, be, uh, can live in the hearts and minds uh, of all who have the ears to hear her message or, you know, some bullshit like that, you know, like, uh, but, you know, I'm just saying that, uh, yeah, no, it's sparking a life in people. It's bringing people to life and it's using that life and that, 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 um, uh, that state of being to force them to reconsider what they're, they're thinking. And the people who suffer when they see me, the people who struggle with it are the people who refuse to let go of their old way of thinking. People who refuse to think outside of the box. People who refuse uh, to allow uh, what I'm doing to challenge their faith. How dare you question my faith? <laughs> well, you know what? I was like, you're not questioning that. your faith. That's you probably know? the problem. You're not questioning you're your not faith. You're not questioning your faith. Two can play at that game. Jesus never could have resurrected because Mary Magdalene buried him in the ground. She dragged his sorry ass out of that fucking cave and buried him in the fucking dirt. And I don't believe in the resurrection. And there is nothing you can do to tell me otherwise. I'm sorry. Excuse me. How dare you challenge my faith? Don't question me. Do you know who the fuck I think I am? <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I mean, I think that there is a long way to go for people to have the kind of like flexibility in their thinking to accept that like if they're asking for what they think they are to be accepted, then they also have to ask. They can't just tolerate you know, treat those people however you want. You're like, if I want to be fully realized and act that way and be respected, then I also not only have to accept that other person, I have to fight for their right to be accepted for whatever they are. And I think that that is the problem is that people are, and I think that your power, the power of your performance and like what, I mean, the because the things you're saying while they are like wrapped in extremely kind of uh, volatile and, you know, kind of, is blasphemic a word? I don't know, but it's like... What's more it's like, blasphemic than using God to commit genocide? I mean, uh, truly, right? Truly. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm in no way disagreeing with the premises that you're talking about. I'm just saying that a lot of people won't get past the delivery. Uh, yeah. But I think that the delivery is part of, is why it's, it's artful important. and impactful. Yeah. Impactful and important because you're like, this is what the fuck. It needs to be this in your face because otherwise you will not acknowledge it. Where did I, where did, where did I put my cross? It's, hold on. And I think I see those devil horns in the back, right beneath Jesus. Just where, to, where, where, where did I put him? Jesus, <laughs> where art thou, Jesus? There is nothing that I can do with this cross. Nothing. I can shove this cross so far up my ass and pull it out my throat and then shit on a fucking altar. And I still will get into heaven. Wanna know why? Because I wasn't one of those people running around with a cross, screaming genocide and kill them all. I wasn't the one using uh, God to justify the abuse of women and uh, centuries of persecution of black people. This fucking thing has been used to uh, commit great acts of evil and every great act of evil has been like the only evil on this planet is mankind. <laughs> and who's going to be the person to tell mankind that they can no longer use God to rationalize their evil nature. And actually Jesus died for our sins, which I think is a crock of shit, but you know, the devil can't be blamed either because pff, bitch, The devil goes back to heaven now. <laughs> I'm, I'm just taking their own bullshit stories and uh, re-instituting them in a way uh, that forces them to like, I don't know. I, I don't know. Well, it's, a, like, it's, like, it's, like, it's like it's satire in a sense, but it's also like you're really criticizing them. And I think that like you sometimes have to see your stuff put so far out of whack that like you're like, this is actually like, I get what they're saying. It's not, you know, it's, I think that sometimes you need to see a, a woman shaking her ass with a devil horn across and saying, see me. And in order for you to see yourself. And I think that that is kind of like where we're at. Things are so out of whack that sometimes a performer that you didn't know you needed, who is the most outrageous thing you could probably summon in your mind is exactly the thing you needed to kind of find out who you are and what your voice could be. And I think that that you're right. Like the find, this is the time to find your voice. This is the time to say some shit. 
Because the shit is going down, and if we don't say something soon, in whatever format we can things do, are being crazier things are happening on our world in our world right now than whatever it is that you're thinking. There is crazier fucking shit happening in our society right now, and you questioning, uh, you know, the the fallacies of what you know is not a big deal. Using your voice, even even if you may not be wrong, maybe if you might be wrong. You could be wrong. And you know what? Who knows? I could go to hell when I die. I don't know. But I mean, uh, let me tell you, I'm going to leave my fucking mark before I go. Like, mm. I'm, I, I will not waste a fucking moment of this one precious life that I may got because, uh, you know, I might end up having to come back. A, I don't know if reincarnation is real. Let me tell you. I, I don't know. I'd like to come back better than I was before. I, ugh, which means, you know, and uh, I, I'm not... People, you believe whatever the fuck you want to believe, but you can't use your beliefs uh, to attack and demonize other people. That's not what they're there for. And at the end of the day, what you believe doesn't matter. But if what you believe forces you to commit acts of evil, like commit acts of violence, then maybe the problem is what you believe. And people are so hesitant to uh, look at themselves in the mirror and be like, actually, you know what? I was wrong. You know what? Maybe what I, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this is, you know, maybe there's something, you know, whatever, you know, maybe I'm not right. But even in people's wrongness, uh, they still like will fight for their wrongness. Well, I think that people saying they're wrong is like a huge step in a, that's a, that's a far different. If you're, if your performance can convince someone that this thing that they've been told their entire lives, that their entire salvation hinges upon might be wrong then you've accomplished something that almost no scholar, politician, debater, cop is able to convince someone of. Typically, that's the very last thing. If you can get someone to question and re-examine their most deeply held beliefs because it feels right to do so, then that is the power of performance right there. I don't care what other impacts you're looking for. If you can do that with even a small sample of people, then you've struck upon something revolutionary it you know is, you know and that, that's and that, that's the for me i've always believed that the revolution begins within ourselves and that i've always believed uh, that uh, we have an obligation like a responsibility to us to the individual to me to uh figure myself out i have an obligation to society to sort you know to you know think things in a different way because clearly things aren't working that these old ways of thinking aren't serving us anymore. And mm. honestly, really, I, I like to tell myself that by the time I'm done, no one is even going to know uh, who Jesus fucking Christ was uh, because uh, that motherfucker has done more harm than fucking good. You know, like, uh, I mean, uh, but this is, uh, this is the culture that we live in. This is, uh, this is uh, you know, we're, I only believe in this shit. You know, this only matters to me, I think, because I was, raised in America where you could not cross. You can't walk five feet without seeing Jesus Christ somewhere. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of places where it's like, like that. And it's like, it, it does seep in. Well, queen, I feel like this has uh, been a wonderful conversation. I mean, as, as usual, you kept it all the way 1 billion percent real. And I think that that's the kind of energy and passion and kind of fearlessness that we're going to need in, 
in in droves in order to get anywhere that we need to get to. So I just really appreciate you sharing that with me, with everyone watching. Um, Can I say just one more thing? Absolutely, please. That I think uh, at this uh, point in time uh, that our the salvation of our world really lies in the hands of the artist. It really lies in people who are willing and able to go out and take something and make it new. And to go out and, uh, you know, during this, uh, this is not wasted time, coronavirus being locked in a house, you know, no, I'm, you know, and for me, and I speak for myself, that I am going to do what I can, you know, creating content, editing content, using my voice, putting my voice in videos or whatever it is, using social media, doing whatever it is that I can. And if I, you know, need to go out and get some footage and dance in a corner, you know, whatever, I can do that. But also uh, we, we need to understand the value of each other and uh, we need to consistently fight for one another. You know, I may, uh, you know, I may not be uh, at the brunt of a police cop right now, but I could be tomorrow. You know, I may not be at the head of a gun right now, but I could be tomorrow. You know, my tits are coming in. And let me tell you, that is a cross that no man can bear. Because even, uh, you know, I, I'm, wor- I'm also worried too about where that is, uh, you know, how that is going to affect my art. Having boobs. How is that going to change? Like, I don't know. Because the world doesn't respect women at all. And I think the only reason that I have gotten away with a lot of the things that I've gotten away with and done on top of cop cars and all sorts of fucking crazy shit that no one in their right state of mind would even try. (laughs) (laughs) But can I do that with boobs? Can I, can I, will my male privilege where, where's, you know, because really at the end of the day, I have counted on my male privilege to keep me safe and my privilege as a man, as opposed to uh, being a woman. And uh, I'm just throwing that out the window now that I'm grown boobs and I'm going to look like a woman. I might, I, I don't know, that might be, uh, I don't know. I'm scared, really. I'm, I'm, I'm terrified. I'm terrified, but also I think it is important because there is no other trans woman in America or the fucking world who is going to have the balls to go out and do this fucking shit. And you know what? If I die, fine, get me off this fucking rock and uh, let it be like I've had enough because every time I come back, uh, let me tell you, the world just gets worse and worse and worse. Like, (sighs) You know, I'm really, really, I'm tired of being human. I want off this planet. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that that, uh, those last two minutes said it all. So, (laughs) Queen, love you so much. I I cannot wait to see you again. Uh, Thank you so much for joining me and for being on what we're going to do. You've given us a lot to think about. We're going to shake our ass. And really, we are going to do the best we can. That's what we're doing right now, honestly. The best we can. All right, take care, Queen. Bye. Oh, my goodness. Uh, As promised, um, just as fiery and effervescent and brilliant and hilarious as as anyone's ever been. Queen, I love you very much. I... 
I pray for your safety, uh, just like I pray for my own. I think that people like you who are going out there demanding the world be different and telling it about itself, however and whenever it needs to be told, um, are treasures. And so I, I am so glad to call you a friend. And I'm so proud of you. And I'm so glad that you've shared your your wisdom and your honest experiences and your insight with us um, on this program. This is exactly what we are building this platform for, is to feature voices like yours um, and who are kind of giving us examples of true leadership and courage and um, hilarity and activism. You know, it's going to take a fucking million queens to move this world. And I'm glad that we at least have found one. So... Um, some highlights or some takeaways that I think are really important to focus on. Um, one is extremely fundamental, and it's that we have the right to exist. That should not be something that takes a whole parade or a rebellion or a movement or a law, you know, to to kind of justify, but it often does. We have the right to exist. Black people, we have the right to exist. Trans people, we have they have the right to exist. Black trans people, you know, who we've seen, you know, murdered ceaselessly, you know, in recent years, um, don't think it's not happening during all of this other shit. Um, I know there's been several murders just in the last few months. Uh, it's just so hard to even keep track of it. Um, well, it's not hard. It's actually quite easy. But I mean, it gets lost in the conversation that we have. But I have a right to exist as a powerful statement. And it's one that is among the most threatening statements there can be to some people. You know, going into a space that is not designed for you, that contains people who'd rather you not exist, um, is powerful and scary. And so I think that, you know, being able to remember that, like, this shit is that deep. It is that fundamental. We are that threatened by certain people. That them just saying, I have the right to exist, um, triggers authoritarian governments triggers murder triggers uh firing and in kind of eviction every single thing that you can do to a person um does happen to people merely for saying i have the right to exist accept me let me be and that's a damn shame and so i think that you know again queen like you know your mere existence is a revolutionary act, and I wish it was not. Mine is. I'm a gay black man with fucking opinions and shit to say who don't mind saying them, and, you know, who is oftentimes the only black or gay person in the environment they're in. Less and less, I will say. I have less and less patience for the types of environments that would only cultivate one person like that. You know, it's like life is too short and you're and people are too ignorant to kind of, you know, endure situations like that needlessly. So anyway, I am so glad you proclaimed your right to exist because it shouldn't even be that big a deal. But, you know, this is America. Um, freedom ain't free. Uh, I think that is something. Again, it seems glib, but it ain't. Um, I mean, freedom literally wasn't free for my people. Um, I think that even if you're white. Your freedom is not free. It comes at the cost of murder and you know, systemic inequity and racism and turning a blind eye to evil and acting like it is free, you know, uh, or that like the debt's been paid in 1792 or, you know, whatever side of the war you were on in the 19, 1800s. I don't know how y'all think it's free, but I'm saying that freedom isn't free. It is something that comes at a price, whether you pay it 
or someone else pays it for you, um, I think it's incredibly important to acknowledge that that like it does come at a high price. And especially if you don't have it yet, like most of us, we don't live, we can't walk down the streets or, you know, expect our lives to be kind of just, hey, I am who I am and I expect that to be enough and I'm just going to live my life like everyone else. No, um, it's naive to think that it, it's something that is just existing and doesn't require our active participation and um, retrieval. And so I think that it's really important to say you got to fight for what you want. And if we want freedom, we have to fight for it. We are fighting for it. We all the chaos and, and ridiculousness that we've been seeing this last week or two at this point is due to the the necessary fight for our freedom. And they ain't giving it up. Whoever you think, first of all, I mean, this is a more philosophical discussion, you know, kind of like who has the freedom. I mean, is freedom something that you're obtaining from someone else or is freedom something that you are kind of kind of lies within that you need to unlock? I mean, we could get into that. But either way, you have to do the hard work of getting it. And I think that um, if we don't all fight for it, none of us will have it. I think that if, you know, what's the the quote? Um no one's free unless everyone's free. Um, if it's not a quote, then, you know, I'm saying that shit. I think that if you think that your freedom is independent of every other person's, you're wrong. You know, I think that all of us need to understand that, like, if one of us ain't free, you know, maybe they ain't coming for the gays today, but they coming for the blacks. And if they're not coming for the blacks or gays, they're coming for the Mexicans or the immigrants or the Asians or, you know, the trans people or the, the Jewish people or the Muslim people or the disabled people or the poor people or the unhoused people or the unhoused people. And it, it, or, you know, and, and it will never stop. It could go, the list goes on and on and on. So if you think that your freedom is yours and yours alone and it's invaluable and it doesn't pan, like that's why it's so frustrating to see these people marching at the Capitol talking about your freedom ends when mine begins or some shit. It's like, no dude, none of our freedom begins if it ever ends, <laughs> you know? So I think that that's something that we really need to be taking to heart. And I'm glad that it's something that came up in this conversation. And I think that, you know, the idea that we all need to be fighting for all of it is real. And if your freedom is only contingent on my oppression, then we have a serious fucking problem. You know, if the only way you think you can be free or get what you want or get what you have or keep what you have is to oppress other people, then, then first of all, like you're shitty. You don't deserve anything. You know, you should be able to get what you need, you know, kind of working alongside everyone else in this world. And it's the people that we're grappling against right now who believe that they deserve it inherently and we inherently do not and that they shouldn't have to work to keep it and they shouldn't have to change to give everyone else equal opportunity. It's like, I mean, I guess you get you, 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 you kind of play with the hand you're dealt. If you're dealt, you know, a hand and you black in this country, then your entire um, life is spent surviving despite that and having to be stronger and better and more resilient in order to succeed in it. And, you know, that should not have to be the case. Um, and for people who are Delta hand where they benefit from oppression and white supremacy and racism, it is up to them to spend their whole lives dismantling that lest they have to live with a shitty ass life where they know that they only have what they have because of that hand, you know, and that's some shit for your ass because I don't know what that would feel like. I don't know what it would feel like to know deep in my heart that most of the things I have were built on the backs of other people, you know, 
and never acknowledge that and never lift a finger to try and fight that. That's what a lot of our white friends are going through right now. And I, you know, I don't, I don't feel bad because like <laughs> that's what's necessary. You know, look what we're dealing with. But I'm telling you, it's like if you're a white person, you're watching this and you're over here saying like, what's he talking about? Like I worked really hard for all the shit I have, blah, blah, blah. You may have, but that you worked on it in a system that is a white supremacist system that you've benefited from where none of the things that I have to fear, you do. And if you think that that's cool to maintain, like, you know what? I got mine and I, I, I wasn't personally racist. We're all in a racist, we're all in a racist ass stew. So we all stink of it. And some of us actually benefit from that. So if you're one of those people, I would spend a long time thinking about how either to dismantle that system or to help other people navigate it because just, Acting like, you know, water's water. We're all swimming in it. Nah, nigga, this is racist stew. So anyway, um, I think that that is it. Except, you know, there was one last point the queen made is that we're in danger right now. Like some of us are unsafe. Some of us are of color. Some of us are trans. Some of us are whatever we are that makes us unsafe. But there is this kind of belief and this possibility that it doesn't have to be this way. It can be some other way. And we can't really, you can't skip forward to the end. We don't know what it looks like to have achieved all of that. But we can start chipping away at it. And there is a way to kind of like slow everything down and eventually start to progress in a more and more positive and lasting and sustainable direction. But we seem to be hurtling toward a, a, a precipice where if we don't get it together, we are going to permanently be unsafe. You know, we are going to cement our, I believe Queen said, we are going to cement our unsafeness. And that is fucking terrifying. You know, and, and that could be because the environmental impacts are irrevocable and will destroy this planet no matter what we do, no matter how many quarantines we have, um, whether it's, you know, electing a president who puts in place protections for the wealthy that truly leads to kind of like a, a, a forever police state because the chasm has become so wide it's the only way to maintain it and any semblance of a free and open society that we have now will be gone um, whether it's uh, a permanent racial chasm where the people who have been oppressed for so long are so done that reconciliation or kind of cooperation goes out the window like y'all done, done y'all done too much. So I think that like all that stuff is unnecessary. We certainly have the time and we have the people and we have the know-how and we have the ability to keep that from happening, but like we got to work together soon and hard if we are going to avoid that catastrophe, that permanent and irrevocable catastrophe because like that's not a place that I think anyone wants to live in you know I don't care Rupert Murdoch don't want to live in that world you know he probably won't make it but I mean the Rupert, the Rupert Murdoch of the next generation or whatever like you don't want to live in a world where any of the things I just described are happening so um I don't I don't mind saying anything I said I meant all that shit I'm I'm really I'm really have an interest in us avoiding that future because it seems to be on the table. And um, as, I, as long as I'm alive, I will fight to make sure it's not just the same as Queen and Tara and Tyler and everyone else we're going to have on this program. No one on this program is coming on here unless they about that life too. So know that. Know that.